Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory with some great warranties. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. They go over every car. Not only that, great service department to back it all up. Makes it one-stop vehicle shopping because they'll take care of inspections, routine, diagnostics, you name it. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day for the 12th time in Angels history. A no-hitter. Ground ball. Velasquez throws across. He got it! Reed Devers throws a no-hitter! Truly incredible, amazing mark. Yeah. Knowing the kid, great kid, a battler. What stuff, what a moment, something he will remember the rest of his life. He's only 22 years of age, former first-round pick of the Angels. He had a 6.33 ERA heading into the game and had never pitched more than six innings. Joe Madden, in a moment of insanity, let him pitch a complete game. Analytics oh, my almighty! Analytics would have told him, no, no hitter for you. You're out of the game in the seventh inning. It's the third time through the order. Time to go back to Yale. Okay. Great moment. I thought for sure. I was waiting to see what he was going to have up here. I thought for sure he was going to pick the Aaron Judge thing. It was a contender, but when I saw... Contender? That... <laughs> I guess the no-hitter? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, it was the first walk-off of his career. Who cares? It's a no-hitter. Oh, yeah, of course. I, it still was the leading was the leading candidate, but Aaron Judge was second. I had a couple choices today. What about Austin Matthews? Third-period goal, Toronto going crazy against the defending champions. That be Far that was more, another one too, yeah. A little I, more meaning, a little more meaningful than a May May tenth walk off home run. I <laughs> mean, come on. <laughs> you only think about your teams, don't you? I know. I I have uh, always like you're, there. There's only your universe. Hey, I, I try to sprinkle it around a little bit, but like, yeah, you know, it's like you only think of your universe. Such you're such a typical fan now. 
<laughs> Bob Ryan, by the way, former Boston Globe columnist, Hall of Fame sports writer, was on with Rich Eisen yesterday. He asked about Brady's contract. He said he certainly doesn't fit the profile of an entertaining analyst. <laughs> okay. Guess we're all going to find out for $37.5 million a year. All right. See, there was, that was a negative Brady comment. I thought you'd seize on that moment. You love negative Brady stuff. You see, I mean, I'll be curious, too. If it's if if we get the the Patriot Tom Brady, then, yeah, it's going to be a bust. But I don't think he's going to be that way. I think he's going to continue this new kind of mindset he's been in ever since he became a Buccaneer. But you're right. It could be. We'll see. They, they should have hired Nick Foles. Honestly, I, I don't know about that one. I only said that just to <laughs> like. What, do I care? No, he would have no interest right. anyway. Right? Exactly. Okay. This is what I care about. I look to my right, and there's Jack Ham. I look to my right, there's Dick Girardi. I feel great about life. What I do. <laughs> All right, let's uh, bring in Thomas Frank Carr on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. T. Frank, my friend, it is so good to hear you again. Well, thank you very much, Steve. And I was thinking about it today, listening to the show, uh, and I realized I, I think I've seen you more than anyone else I've seen when I go out because I work from home, Yeah, we don't have a second car, and the only place I go are to events, and I keep seeing you at all these events. So, like, we're—it's just like we're working together. Again, I Steve. I just, every time I go to work, there you are. I know. It's always great to see. You. Uh, always so good at evaluating video. So let's take the video of. Uh, let's go right up your alley here, other quarterbacks. And then I'm going to sure. ask you about the pro quarterbacks, by the way, by picking those guys. So let's talk about the four quarterbacks for Penn State that everyone primarily saw during the blue-white game on April 23rd. Let's, so let's go to the intriguing part first. They don't want to hear about Clifford. <laughs> but we'll get to him eventually. Ah, it's always about the new guys. So Bo Perbula and Drew Aller. So let's start with Bo. What did, what have you, what did you see from Bo in the snippets of practice you saw and then in the blue-white game? Uh, quickness is, I would say, the, the first thing that stood out to me is, is everything he does is fast. His mental processing is lightning quick. He's reading pre-snap, he's confident in what he sees, and then post-snap he's delivering the football based on what he sees after that. He's got a quick release, he's got quick feet, he's got uh, all of those things that you're looking for from an intelligence and decision-making and accuracy standpoint. Uh, and, and one of the things I wrote about uh, Bo Perbula this whole time from evaluating him from high school um, and backed up by some of the things that James Franklin has said as well about Bo Perbula is I see the Trace McSorley comparison. I understand that, especially when you compare him to Drew Aller, who we're going to get to here in a minute with the size and strength and all those things. But let's not pretend like Bo Perbula is small. You know, he's over six feet. He's over 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's already bigger and and I think based on what I've seen has a higher threshold of accuracy than Trace did as a senior and that's that is I think a one of the biggest compliments I can pay him is that he's got the building blocks to be that or better than Trace McSorley then obviously it's going to come down to everything else you know in life but I I 
that was all confirmed in the blue-white game as far as um, decision-making, accuracy, those things that are going to get him far in life. Uh, you know, I thought he showed those really well. Yeah, I also think that if you really watch him closely, he actually he'll do progressions. You can see him making yep. progressions out there when you watch him. And that may not have been apparent to people watching the blue-white game, but I thought I'd throw it, throw it in there. All right, Drew Aller. Drew comes in with all the attributes of you know a, a guy that uh, has a lot of next level, for example, attributes. So what are you seeing at least early? Because he's obviously in the infancy of his uh, college career. Um, you know, it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I, I thought, and this is something I, I, I saw this offseason too when he was in an all-star game, is from what I read and some of the things I thought that he was trying to do, and it's hard to say 100% what's happening sometimes, there were a lot of throws that were either behind a receiver or they were not quite as accurate as, as I was used to watching him in his senior season of high school. Um, and then when you look at the coverages and what the route is supposed to be or what I would have presumed the route is supposed to be in a man versus zone read, I think he was throwing to a spot he was expecting the receiver, but you're working with the third string offense. So there's going to be some miscommunications. There's going to be some guys out there that are really new either to the position or to football in general. Um, so I thought there were a couple of throws that when I went back and looked at them, if I'm reading it correctly, then I was more impressed with some of the mistakes, quote-unquote mistakes that I saw, mm-hmm. because he's trying to adjust uh, you know, reading it and doing things correctly that might be a little bit of a higher threshold than if you're just throwing to the receiver where he's going, which is what a lot of things happened, uh, especially in some of the seven-on-seven situations where uh, some receivers, you know, I think pretty clearly on one or two plays made wrong decisions in their route mm-hmm. and the quarterback kind of gets hung out to dry in that situation. So for Penn State fans that came away a little bit underwhelmed or unimpressed, there's more to every play than just where the ball right. goes. It's, it's the communication between the receiver and the quarterback that on the third string, when you're not getting all of those reps and you're all new together, I think that's what's going to happen there. But, you know, baked into that is he is making what I could see as intelligent decisions based on what he's reading in the coverage. And that's very important to see in a quarterback. And I was, I was impressed by that. And, again, that's something Mike Yurcich would know. Right away, as to where you know, is the receiver in the right spot? Is he throwing it to the right spot? Mike would know all that. The difference in Christian Veyu in nine months, you know, a, a, a year would be one thing, but I'd say even eight months is remarkable. What are you seeing in the Christian Veyu of today? Well, I'll go back to somebody was asking me about him when we got to see. Uh, the spring practice that they opened up last year, and, and people are asking, like, what does he look like? How does he throw? And, like, he's throwing on the sidelines. He's not really throwing to people. And I thought, you know, he's got a good whippy arm. He's got a good frame, but he clearly needs to, you know, add some weight. And that's after already going through a, a weightlifting program and being enrolled at Penn State during the offseason when he early enrolled. Now this is his second cycle through, and he looks like it. So physically, mm-hmm. he looks bigger. He looks sturdier. He has filled out that frame. I think he's got a good arm. And pretty clearly, the mental processing was good. I, I liked the decisions he was making. Even when he was breaking the rules and throwing maybe to the wrong spot, it was for the right reason. 
um, and I'm thinking specifically of that Harrison Wallace throw, where the defense baits him into throwing into the underneath coverage, but he puts it in such a perfect spot, and Harrison Wallace goes up and gets it, that it's a touchdown. And it was a very impressive throw. Um, There's a lot of that. And then I have some more questions that I wanted answered as far as how does he read zone coverages, how Mm -hmm. does he go through his progressions. All of that looks good. There was one or two mistakes maybe. Uh, And my biggest question then becomes, uh, I did think he was a little bit off on some deep balls. So Mm -hmm. is that just a product of working with the receivers he was working with? Is that a small sample size that was an off day? Or is that part of his profile going forward that is something we're going to learn about if he ever gets on the football field? So it's kind of just like a note you scribble in the corner and Mm -hmm. you – revisit that later but there's nothing that i thought was uh yeah. you know alarming i just i thought he had a very good day and he looked good sean clifford <laughs> man i could have started with him but everybody wanted to hear about the kids first um sean clifford look james said and i'm in complete agreement that it's the best spring he's had so what did you see in him pro con well, what I saw is he didn't have a lot to do uh, because, you know, there was uh, – in his particular segments and, and uh, yeah. you know, the right. way it was broken up was, you know, there was the – for anyone who didn't see it, there was the there was the seven-on-seven seven portions. There were drives where individual quarter, quarterbacks would right. get a drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those drives were thud and some of those drives were full contact. So in a lot of his drives, it was either predetermined reads where he's got to, like, make one read and throw the football. It yeah. might be a read option sort of situation. Uh, I'm sorry, an RPO sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Or it was, you know, swing pass to a guy in his designed bubble screen or something like that, which he executed all of them correctly. He got the team into the right situation, and he was accurate with all of those throws. Some of the situations where he was under pressure, you know, those are the especially in that two-minute drill situation where it was thud, Mm-hmm. If you let a keen Beeman come through the line free and hit his hand as he's throwing the football, like I don't know what you want from him in that situation. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah. overall, I thought he made good decisions with the with the ball. He was quick. He looked confident and comfortable in the offense, which was not something you could say throughout all of last season because it was kind of like he was doing the right thing for most of the time, but it was like, it felt like there was somebody's gripping the steering wheel. Like you got to really focus. You got to really be locked in. Mm-hmm. And this year it looks more comfortable and natural. So I think that's a, a good sign for Sean Clifford and for Penn State. All right. In the pros, the only pick that was in the first round, which is unusual in today's NFL is Kenny Pickett. He ended up going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What kind of fit do you think he is? And when you've watched Kenny Pickett, what did you like and what concerns did you have? So I'll I'll be honest, I didn't, you know, I didn't do as much with this draft class of quarterbacks. That's okay. Based on the TV ratings, most people didn't watch ACC football. (laughs) So that's okay. He'll be a mystery to everybody. But but Kenny was actually one of the ones I did uh, do some work on last season, you know, uh, and, and you know, working for PFF last year, I was doing some of that work because I've always uh, liked him. I've always liked games. him. To be to be all yeah. in all fairness, I've always. I mean, I'm talking going back to 2018. I've always liked him. Yep, he was clearly different than the quarterback he replaced in that game, and I don't remember who he was, but you could see six three two seventeen, good arm. Um, you know, he has the NFL tools, and his deep ball was very good last year. I thought he was 
a really accurate deep ball thrower. He threw the ball well. It's got a nice arc to it. It comes down, uh, you know, in that catchable uh, parabola. It's, he's not throwing a bunch of rocks out there. Um, but the, the, the biggest knock on him, and I think part of this is the play-action deep ball game, but it's also part of him processing at a level that he's over three seconds in the pocket, you know, from some of the stuff I was looking at and some of the things I noticed on film is it, there are a lot of long developing plays. He holds on to the ball. Yeah. He's not particularly great at eluding pressure, despite how much he scrambles. Right. So mm-hmm. the concerns are going to be making sure he can do everything he's doing now, but doing it, you know, half a second quicker. And that's a that's a huge gamble. Um, I actually, I think, is Matt Canada still yes, the offensive coordinator? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. And, and Matt coached so, him. Yeah. And Matt coached him in Pitt. So. Yeah, and and so he knows that offense, and that offense relies on, I think, a little bit of get, like not a little bit. It relies on a lot of gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. So it's sure a, it a lot of uh, jet sweep fakes, motion fakes, uh, motion movement for no reason before the snap. Like the difference between <laughs> yeah. that offense and a, and a and a Kyle Shanahan offense, yeah. which is like it looks like a photocopy of. Yeah. There's a reason for everything right. in that in that Shanahan, uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, but there isn't in the Matt Canada, and believe me, I saw Matt yeah. Canada at Maryland. I saw him at Wisconsin. I saw him <laughs> at Indiana. I can't be. There's one other place. There's four different places I've seen Matt Canada. Like LSU, here. LSU. Saw him at LSU. Sure, yeah. why not? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what, one thing it does, though, is, and, and part of it was Big Ben, but part of it is that offense is a lot of predetermined reads and a lot of quicker passes. So if you need to load up the Kenny Pickett cannon and you need to throw down the field, you know, to Chase Claypool or yeah. to George Pickens, whom I love, if you can keep him on, you know, keep him focused on football and, and between the lines, he is the most talented receiver oh, in that yeah. draft class when you look at size, speed, catch radius, hands upper end. I mean, he was a five-star prospect at one point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that offense can evolve, but it's going to be on Kenny Pickett to make it do that, because otherwise the parts and pieces are kind of Ikea building yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ikea. Very nice. My friend, it's always great to spend time with you. You know that. Please, yeah, thanks pl- for please. Zoe. Well, tell Zoe I said hi, all right? Will do. All right. I will. I rode her bike today. I have the car, so I'm going to go do some errands now. You go do Take (laughs) care of that. All right. Thanks, T. Frank. See ya. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. I mean, I'm worried about you. Joel Embiid. Tuesday night congratulated 
Nikola Jokic for winning back-to-back MVPs, but the Sixers Center also took issue with media members who vote for the award. I guess every year it's all about whatever you guys decide, whatever fits the narrative as far as who's going to win. If you're going to allow these type of people to vote on these awards, that's not fair. Well, what he's referring to there, and I have the audio, maybe we can play it later, is talking about what Bill Simmons said. I think about Draymond Green. He said, bleep Draymond Green or whoever the player was. That's what he was referring to. Jalen Green. Okay, yeah, it was Jalen Green. Okay, yeah. Which, which is no surprise at all because Bill Simmons' credibility is about zero. Well, he said, I don't care if you're scoring 40 points and your team is 19 and 60. Congratulations. I'm sorry. I like winning players. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. With the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, which is so important, and a fabulous service department, inspections, routine, diagnostics, you name it, they can handle it all. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Okay. So let's, uh, Joel Embiid, and, you know, it's uh, the good news is, is that. Brewers outlet is cheese. We sent a block down there for him. He was mostly talking about Bill Simmons. Here, let me let me play the cut. Congrats to Nicolo. Uh, you know, he deserved it. They had a, an amazing season. Uh, you know, there's no right or wrong. You know, there's, there was a lot of candidates. Uh, it could have gone either way. I guess every year is all about, you know, whatever you guys decide, whatever fits the narrative. The only thing I say about these awards is that I go back to, uh, you know, what I saw on the podcast about uh, Bill Simmons basically saying F. Jalen Green. So, you know, if we're going to allow, you know, this type of people to vote, you know, on these awards, I, that's not fair. I'm not mad. Um, no, that's two years in a row. Uh, you know, I, I put myself uh, in that position. It didn't happen. At this point, is is whatever. You know, like I said, I don't know what else I I, I had to do to win it. And at this point, it's like it's whatever. Uh, it's all about put you know all my energy into the bigger picture, which is to win the whole thing. Does he like cheddar or sharp? <laughs> when he's talking about the narrative, we're talking about the analytics narrative. 
mostly when it comes to Jokic, but in terms of the Bill Simmons thing, he's absolutely well, right. Not, that's that's not analytics with Jokic. That's pure numbers. 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists, never been done before. No, I'm not saying, I mean, if I have a vote, which I don't, I would have voted for Embiid. Um, but I don't see, I don't, I stopped caring about this stuff a long time ago because for me in the scope of sports, it's irrelevant. For these guys, it is relevant. Their bonuses built into their contracts, things like that. He, you know, he's talking about the ability to get a max contract. Again, you know, what if Jalen Green's in a position to earn a super max or an all star appearance? And you got someone who's sounding like that. He has a lot of power. It's like, you know what? Jalen Green needs to go out and earn his own super max. And it's up to some organization to look at him and go, you know, you're worth the super max. Okay. But saying and, F and, Jalen and Jalen Green is it means so nothing. unprofessional. It, yeah, well, right. that part, yes. But that's what we're seeing more and more of. I mean, seriously, uh-huh. who does Bill Simmons think he is? He may have a lot of sources and stuff, but he should have his credentials revoked. Well, if you've ever watched the 30 for 30, that's his brainchild. Well, he's lost all credibility in my book. When you say when you stay and do stuff like that, and he's always to me, he's always been biased. He's always been biased to Boston. He's always been biased to the Stars. He he just he stinks. Well, you don't know who he voted for. I don't care. Even if you voted for Embiid, I would say the same thing. He should have his credentials revoked. He has no credibility, zero to me. Please don't say he's dead to you. Yeah, I be heartbreaking. I worry about you. Again, you know how I feel about the MVP thing. It's prestigious, I got it, but I, I don't I never I don't care. You know, um who's you know I guess I, I know it was Giannis two years ago and it was Jokic last year. Okay, I got it. Uh, but who's the MVP in 2012? Who's the MVP in 2000? Who's the MVP? Who cares? Okay, the person that won? Yeah, that's a great honor and they should care. Me as a neutral observer? I don't care. And I vote for players of the year. And I try to be very careful. And my criteria is in the moment. I do not have a standard criteria as to who I vote as Big Ten Player of the Year. I do not have a standard criteria as to who I vote for for the Wooden Award. When I sit there and in the moment I go, okay, you know what? Let's think about this for a second. Who do I think is the best player? And I use my own instincts. I don't use stats. I don't use analytics. I don't use any of that stuff. I just like, okay, let's take a look at this. Who do I think is the best player? Okay, so this year in the Wooden Award, I voted for Oscar Sheboy. I thought he was the best player in college basketball this year. I, mean, I got to vote for 10, and he was the guy I gave the number one vote to. Okay, that's fine. You know, same thing with Big Ten Player of the Year. I do the same thing with that. I don't it's, I don't get too wrapped up in, in oh, I got to research. No, 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 no. I can figure out on my own who's valuable in terms of level of play, and who's also valuable to winning. 
You know, and sometimes you've got somebody that's like that's got phenomenal numbers, this, that, and the other thing, but they're surrounded by phenomenal talent. You got somebody that doesn't. You know, I always go back to Russell Wilson, for example. You know, guess what? I mean, he did not win Big Ten Player of the Year, but I voted for him. I thought he, he took Wisconsin from a middle of the road team and made them a a division champ. Know him, they don't get there. You know, again, I do the, I vote in the moment, but I'm also, you know, but another part too is, I mean, Simmons is not wrong. He averages forty points a game. Yeah, he's got forty points here and there. The team won nineteen games this year. They're terrible. I mean, like I, I talked about the NLA. I know we got to get the Jalen here, or should we get the Jahan here? But I was talking about like Mike Trout and and Miguel Cabrera when there was you know it was all the analytics were for Trout. Well, they finished twelve games under five hundred that year. What? No Trout. They finished thirty games under five hundred. Okay, he's a great player, but what did he? How did he affect the winning and losing? Cabrera won the triple crown that year. I would have voted for him because no triple crown. They're not in the playoffs. He wins the triple crown. That was a big reason they got to the playoffs. So you, you got to use a to me. You got to come up with some judgment here. I don't need somebody from from MIT telling me how to vote. Okay, and then guys like you get over emotional about it, which makes it, in my part, even more entertaining because I don't care. <laughs> John Dotson. MVP in any category up next here on News Radio 1070 WKFK. All right. So we're supposed to get Jahan Dotson here in a couple minutes, right? I guess he's calling us, right? He is, yeah. Still waiting on him. Okay. It's fine. Because sometimes he's got an interview before us. He's got to take care of first, which is great. It's, I mean, you're all wrapped up in the Joel Embiid thing. It's you're I mean, like really wrapped up in it. It's like holy mackerel. I give him all the credit in the world for the guts he's played with, thumb, face, everything. Wow, awful. Um, and yet he continues to play. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, load management and things like that. That's not in his vocabulary. He just plays. Yoke is the same way. They both play that way. Yeah. So does Giannis. Uh, I'm watching the Suns last night. Mikhail Bridges. Well, by the way, the Sixers drafted, you know. <laughs> yes, and then and then stupidly traded away for a guy that's not even on the team anymore because they loved his wingspan. That was one of the um, dumbest draft trades they've made. You realize that Bridges has never missed a game since he's been in the league. Oh, I know. <laughs> never missed a game, and he is. You watch him. Good offensive player, outstanding defender. I mean, I'm watching. You know, I'm watching these guys play, and you know, and he he draws the toughest assignment 
every time. And I, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, he's out there. I mean, who's he have? He's got Doncic. Doncic is going to score, but guess what? He's going to make it hard on him. I, I look at, oh, geez, who the heck is it for the Bucks? Uh, is it Matthews? Matthews, I think, is the guy that's been playing Tatum. He's been great on Tatum. Tatum has had to fight his guts out for every bucket he makes, and Tatum's a beautiful offensive player. No, uh, so. and uh, and that that's where the Sixers, by the way, have to be better. They've got to be better defensively in Game Six. It's got to start there. Then the offense will will settle into place. All right. What if Aaron Judge doesn't win the American League MVP? How mad are you going to get that? Well, it's hard for me to say right now. We're still early in the season. Yeah, but like, like, see, like everything to you is a narrow lane. See, I look at the entire interstate highway system. That's an interesting way to put it. I mean, you're just like, I've got a lane. It's got to be a Yankee. Which Yankee is it? got to be a sixer which sixer is it i'm telling you jalen hurts got ripped off he should have had votes no <laughs> wrong yeah i mean you're all mad they got to play arizona in the opening game they're a part of the league you got to play them at some point <laughs> no I, I mean it wouldn't be my first choice but it's still a winnable game for them uh, you know it's not like they're it's not like they're going to they're all winnable games. They're all winnable games. It's not like they have to go okay. to the Rams week one or something like that, defending champs. You know, this is a winnable game. It's just no, no, not they're, ideal they're to go out west to start it off the season. That's all. They're, they're going to have Buffalo take on the Rams first. They want a competitive game on the opener. I mean, look, you caught a huge break. It's one of the five weakest schedules in the NFL. Okay. I mean, it's what you were hoping for. I mean, hey, you, you can only you can only control and play who's on your schedule. That's all I'm going to say. It's one of the five weakest. That's fine. It's it's what you were begging for. I mean, you know, you don't want to play anybody. Okay. Geez, back in the early 2000s, you had all those home NFC Championship games. None of those worked. No. <laughs> Just getting it. I think you're better than the Cowboys. I do. I agree. If I had to choose the NFC East right now, I'd go Eagles 1, um, Giants 2, Cowboys 3, and uh, Commanders 4. Problem is the Cowboys have the best quarterback in the division. True, but everybody else around them does still does not play the way they're supposed to, and I'm I'm done trusting them. The defense is good, but offensively, nobody's playing the way they're supposed to. Plus, there's no more Amari Cooper, so I think it's I think Dallas Dallas's offense is in for a rude awakening this year. But their defense is good, which is a big change. The big change for them. So. 
Yeah. So you think the Eagles are one? Most people would put Dallas one. Dallas has a lot of primetime games. America wants to watch them. Get the lingerie on the deck. <laughs> Call the janitor. Excuse me while I go vomit now. <laughs> as much uh, as you are correct. I heard, well, the ratings for Dallas games are usually pretty good. That helped, believe it or not, when the NFL was struggling with some ratings, like the, the, the couple Dallas games and flex games late in the season actually kind of changed it around for them a little bit. But this is a couple of years ago. But I've always laughed at the America's team thing because I'm trying to think it was an NFL films deal. And I can't remember who came up with it because it was when they won the Super Bowl. And I think it's the Super Bowl they won when they beat Baltimore. It should be the Super Bowl they won. I apologize when they beat Miami, and that's when they did this America's Team thing. So, all right, let's get to one of the best ever play here, Jahan Dotson, with the Washington Commanders. Jahan, first of all, congratulations, welcome, great to have you with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, what was it like on draft night uh, to be there, mom, dad, everybody, family? What was that moment like for you? Honestly, uh, it, it was surreal. Um, everything I could have pictured draft night would have been uh, from a from a very young age. Uh, just having everyone there with me, my my support system. I got. I always say is I have the biggest support system in the world. So having everyone there with me, uh, it, it was great, honestly. Family, friends, um, and especially my parents. Uh, having them there and being able to hug them after I got the phone call, uh, it, it was it was a dream come true. And as you know, uh, your parents are special people. Uh, I've had the privilege of being around them, meeting them. I said to your mom the day of the Maryland game, I said, I said, there's the mother of the best wide receiver in the country, and then you went out and got 260 yards, whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> your, your mom has survived so much. Your dad has been an awesome ter- caretaker. Just the mere fact that they were there with everything that they've gone through, especially her, what did that mean? Um, Everything. It means everything to me. It, it's it's built me to be the, the man I am today, honestly. Uh, seeing them go through tough times and being able to battle through those type of things, it, it just makes me out to, to be the man I am. Uh, just watching them <coughs> take care of my family, take care of me, uh, it, it's been great, honestly. Um, like I, I couldn't even put it in words, the, the type of sacrifices that they made over the years just to put me in the best predicament possible to be successful in life. But uh, I, I honestly, I owe them to the world. They, they mean everything to me. You had to bet on yourself, just like Jaquan Brisker did. Sometimes betting on yourself is I'm going into the draft and I'm going to make it happen. Sometimes it's saying, you know what, I'm better than what they're telling me and I'm going to prove it. You and Jaquan both did that. What did that take on your part to bet on yourself and put together the season you did last year? Yeah, uh, it, it took a lot, honestly. It took a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline, uh, a lot of things factor into that. And honestly, being being able to have someone like Jaquan Brisker on my team, it, it made it easy. Uh, he's a fierce competitor who, who, who just loves, loves to compete every day. He loves football. 
So going against him every day in practice, it, it made my job easier, honestly. And I watched it every day too, as you know. That was the, the competitions were incredible. All right, um, you had you had to make a decision. Originally, you were going to go to UCLA, but you come right. to Penn State. What did it mean coming to Penn State, and then Coach Franklin and, and, and Coach Stubbs? What did they end up meaning to you? Yeah, uh, meant a lot to me, honestly. Uh, being able to first play back home. Um, Pennsylvania has always been good to me ever since I came here at a very young age. So uh, being able to come back home and play for the state university it was was big time for me, for my family, and for my community. Uh, I'm big in being able to rep my community, rep the Lehigh Valley, rep the 610. So being able to do that in state and rep Pennsylvania that that was that was really big for me. And Coach Franklin, the best football coach in America, honestly. Like he, he's like a father figure to me. He's like a second dad, uh, someone I can lean on at all times, uh, and, and someone who, who I trust with my life. And Coach Stubbs, is, he's been nothing but spectacular. Uh, taught me a lot of life lessons, not only on the football field, but outside of the football field, being able to be someone who I can go to, who I can communicate with, um, and, and just kind of be there for me. In a program that has turned out the likes of, over the years, Bobby Engram, Allen Robinson, uh, Chris Godwin, among others. You're the highest-drafted Penn State wide receiver since Kenny Jackson in 1984. With Penn State's great lineage, what does that mean to you? Yeah, uh, it's just a testament to all the work that I put in, all the hard work that I put in. Um, just trying to get to this, get to be in this situation. Uh, it, it's not easy. Um, as you, you you guys know, like it, it takes it takes a lot to get to this moment. Um, but I honestly would owe it to my hard work and just putting the putting the work in, uh, being dedicated to the grind, just loving football. Um, honestly, like I I fell in love with the game when I came to college. Like I, I fell in love with the process of working and just getting better every every each and every day. Um, and honestly, it, it's honestly just a testament to that. But. Um, as a kid, you, you have dreams and aspirations of being drafted uh, and, and being able to be in the first round uh, selected amongst uh, very high quality of football players. Is, it's a dream come true. In your freshman year, I'm watching you on the practice field, and I'm thinking, it can't be that easy. I mean, because you just made <laughs> it look easy. Okay, and Seriously, I'm watching it. And you know, I've watched a lot of people out there. But where did yeah. you end up fine-tuning and refining your game this past season that that probably moved you up around? Yeah. Um, I was just being a complete receiver. Uh, yeah. Taking ownership was, was a, a big thing. Um, I, I'm a really laid-back guy, so like I can get kind of lackadaisical at times. But uh, this, this past year, just being a professional every day that I step onto the football field was, was a big step for me. And just realizing that like you, you don't you don't get this time back. Uh, it was going to be my last year at Penn State, um, and it, it was going to be my last year in college. Well, I oh, agree. Ladies, I agree. Taking... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just say not taking a day for granted uh, was really big. I will agree with you that you are an easygoing guy. I will disagree with you that you are not lackadaisical ever. I don't ever remember you being lackadaisical. I always felt you were always fine-tuning your craft. Uh, yeah. You get you get to Washington, and, of course, we now know the story about Ron Rivera and about practice and your graduation. 
What was that moment right. like, and what does it mean to you that he thinks that way? Yeah, uh, it, real players coach. Honestly, that, that's that's what I tell people. A real players coach, a uh, guy who who really cares about his guys, um, is not not just in it for the for the for the uh, for the things that people do on the field. He, he's there for for lifelong dreams and lifelong lessons. So like for him to be able to to say that, yeah, like I truly understand you're going to graduate. This is you don't get something like this back in life. Uh, it was really cool to experience that and have his word to to go and graduate at Penn State. What's the Washington experience like for you so far, and how excited are you to get the NFL journey going? Yeah, I'm extremely excited. Uh, it's a dream forever. Uh, basically, being there for rookie minicamp was kind of just a little taste of what it's going to be like, uh, but it's all fun. Uh, I have fun every time I step on the football field. So, uh, honestly, just looking forward to having fun these next few years and just taking it a step at a time. Well, Jahan, I'm going to let you go. Appreciate you very much. Uh, and, again, as I told you the last time I saw you, I said, make sure you give your mom a hug for me because she has survived so much and your dad's been by her side the whole time. So I'm glad you're able to do what you can for two extremely hardworking people that have obviously worked hard with you but worked also hard in many other ways. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jahan Dotson of the Washington Commanders. I know we ran a little over there. I was going to ask Jahan about Joel Embiid. (laughs) I think he's got more important things to worry about right now. That's my point to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he's playing for the Commanders. I'm a Sixers fan. Yeah, but you've got a root for him where he goes against the Eagles, and against that secondary, he may get 200. Yeah, that worries me. That's why I texted you. (laughs) Good PSU players need to stop going elsewhere in the NFC East but the Eagles.